Insightful Podcasts by Informative Hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. Welcome to Insights into Tomorrow, where we take a deeper look into how the issues of today will impact the world of tomorrow. From politics and world news to media and technology, we discuss how today's headlines are becoming tomorrow's reality. Welcome to Insights into Tomorrow. This is episode 20, Don't Touch That Dial. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my co-host today, Sam Whalen. How you doing today, Sam? Good. How you doing? Fantastic. So this topic kind of came up when I was doing some research on, on various things that we could talk about. This one kind of hit home uh, Mainly because of of what you do, it's what's what is it that you do that's tied to this topic? Uh, yeah, so I currently am a producer at an AM radio station. I run the board for a bunch of different shows three days a week. Uh, I also would like to break into the FM market at some point. That's sort of my goal. Uh, went to college for it. Did radio in college. Did radio in high school. Uh, radio is my passion, and it's what I want to do for a living. Uh, so yeah, this topic uh, was important uh, and something I think about too often <laughs> awesome well thank you for the resume there we'll make sure we hey, get no that problem. Out yeah, check out my website <laughs> so the article that i came across happened to deal with with current automakers like bmw tesla audi porsche and volvo all taking steps to remove am radios from their electric vehicles and it made me think, and it's making a lot of people think, what's the fate of this aging but reliable form of communication? And that's what we're going to discuss today. But before we do that, I did want to take a moment to invite our listening and viewing audience to subscribe to the podcast. You can find audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Tomorrow. You can find video and audio of all the network's podcasts listed as Insights into Things. And we're pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast these days, Apple, Spotify, Google, and so forth. I would also invite you to write in, give us your feedback, tell us how we're doing. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitter at insights underscore things. Or you can find links to all of our social media on our main website at www.insightsintothings.com. Shall we get into it? Let's get into it. Let's do it. So this one particular uh, article that I, I read uh, was on a site, NorthJersey.com. And they kind of talk about the fact that it's no secret that AM radio has kind of lost must, much of its luster over the decades. Um, and it was introduced in the early 1900s. And uh, it, they, it's lost out to superior technologies, you know, FM being the first one that, it, that threatened it satellite radio, and now we're talking, you know, podcasts and streaming and YouTube and everything you can get over the internet now. In fact, that's one of the things that these car companies are saying is that everything that you could get over AM, you can get over streaming now in the car, which I guess is a valid point as long as that infrastructure is working, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, AM has been traditionally relegated mostly to talk shows, at this point in time. Um, and again, that's because of the limitations in the technology. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with AM and, and what the limitations of that technology are and why people might be wanting to move away from it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to any AM broadcast, you're going to hear it immediately, the difference between AM and FM. The sound quality is just much lower. And that has to do a lot with the how it transmits its signal. It limits itself, essentially. Um, but because it's so simple it's effective in more rural areas and areas where you might not have the high speed internet you would need for streaming services. Um, but again, because of those limitations, like you said, we are mostly talk, um, because like, you know, anything more complicated, you just wouldn't hear it because it's, you know, as it's broadcasted, it's, it's all garbled 
and talk is the only thing that really can come through effectively. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a miracle that AM is still around. Uh, I think <laughs> even as someone that works at an AM station, um, it is definitely it feels like a relic. Uh, and when you bring it up to anybody, you immediately are like, they're like you know it's it's dated and it feels dated. Um, and but you know there are, there is still a market for it in areas where it's not as populated, where it's easy to get an AM signal. Um, we do have people that call in still. We do have listeners, uh, even even with those limitations. So, well, and that's the technology itself doesn't lend itself to high fidelity broadcast stereo or all the new right. fangled uh, high grade music and stuff that we do now. But what it what it is, it, it's reliable and it transmits mm-hmm. very far. It doesn't because of the frequencies that it operates on. It's not as susceptible to Interference. Interference mm-hmm. with, you know, objects, you know, uh, Wi-Fi, for instance. You run Wi-Fi in your house, and if you have drywall in your house, that can interfere with your Wi-Fi signals because of the higher frequencies. And weather, too. Yes, that is, that's, that's one thing. But I will say that from a weather standpoint, it's interesting listening to AM radio in a thunderstorm. Because mm-hmm. every time there's a bolt of lightning, you can hear it over the radio. Yep. <laughs> but it's exactly that reliability that resulted in it becoming really America's backbone for our national public warning system, which is one of the uh, paramount reasons that people are trying to preserve it now, not mm-hmm. just you know for, for talk radio and such, but our, a large chunk of our emergency broadcast system is done over AM radio. In fact, the, our government is still trying to preserve this. U.S. Congressman Josh uh, Geithimer thinks we can't lose AM radio. He says AM radio is resilient to cyber attacks, nuclear threat, and natural disasters. He goes on to say that when cell phones go out, the internet gets cut off or television doesn't work because there's no power in your house. You can still use an AM radio. It'll still be there. Yep. And and that's true. I mean, people have hand-crank AM radios for emergency weather services and natural disasters and things like that. How significant do you think it would be if AM went away and we lost those forms of communication? Would it be a, a public health ha- uh, health hazard? I think it definitely could be because, I mean, you know, when all else fails, you can you would still be able to turn to that. You know, everybody, even if they've never tuned to AM on their car or radio before, you you can and you would still be able to get that information. If that goes away, there really is no fail-safe, or not fail-safe, uh, no, like, last resort that you'd be able to go to to get that information. You could, you know, we get we get government warnings on our phones, but if there's some kind of electrical malfunction, your phone is dead, you're not, and there's no no cell service, no internet service, you're not going to get those alerts. Uh, TV broadcast, you know, you see emergency alert system tests on TV all the time, but again, if power goes out or if the, you know, TV networks go out, you're going to lose that um, service. AM radio, it's pretty hard to shut it down unless you, like, destroy the transmitting towers because <laughs> um, no matter what, it's going to go out. And like you said, you can get a hand-cranked radio to always get that signal. So I think it would be, you know, it's like a, it seems like a really low chance that we'd have to use it for something. But if we did and we didn't have it, the consequences would be pretty rough. Well, and, you know, I'll take us back to when 9-11 happened. You know, I was working up in central New Jersey, so most of the radio and TV stations that we had pulled from New York. And when the first tower went down, it took one of the one of the major transmitting stations for all the television networks down. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and because it was mounted on top of the tower, because mm. it was the largest structure in the city, and we lost all the all of the antenna service that we had at the time. We didn't have cable; we had antenna service, and. Obviously, it's a time that everyone's kind of scared, not knowing what's going mm-hmm. on. So you're looking to get news. Well, all the internet sites were hammered at the time. You couldn't get to anything. In fact, the only internet news we could get, we had to go to European sites to get that, and they had you know spotty reporting at best. We had someone who had an old nine volt radio in their in their desk that they would listen to on their break, and they pulled that out. They pulled up an AM news station, and that was how we kept in touch during nine eleven. So. It's not that unreasonable to think that it's that important. And it's, you know, the the whole reason this topic came up was because of of the auto industry kind of pushing the issue itself. 
but that's not really the driving force behind this, but it's the reasoning behind the auto industry's move away from AM is sketchy, I would say, at best. What are the reasonings that, that they have for moving away from AM? So I'm looking at the show notes. I'm just trying to make sure we covered the right parts. We already covered the issues, but yeah, the real issue is deeper uh, than car makers trying to modernize their products. Uh, This is from Forbes magazine. 40% of all radio listening is done in cars, which is great for us and the radio side of things because you're guaranteed an audience. A lot of, um, like when you do ratings and stuff, you can't guarantee an audience, but radio, you can kind of cheese the numbers because everyone's got a radio in their car. Even if they're not really listening, it's on. So that counts when it comes to ratings. Sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. if the auto industry turns away from AM, losing that large percentage of listeners could doom the platform and make it impossible to stay commercially viable, which is also very true because uh, in radio, it all comes down to your ratings so that you can sell advertising to then go back into the station to fund more things. It's a cycle. Um, and ratings are everything. If you don't have those ratings and you don't have that market, you've pretty much got no reason to be operational because um, it is all commercial-based, even if you, it is being used for government services. Bipartisan groups of elected leaders have sponsored the AM every uh, AM for Every Vehicle Act, uh, which I imagine is, you know, a bill to force AM in every car no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that would be a good thing because uh, even if you never use it, like you said, when it comes to 9-11, having it uh, in a time like that would be extremely uh, useful and, and helpful. And if there if there was no option for that, I don't know what you would do. I, I think it would make panic even worse than it probably already would be. Yeah, I, and I agree 100%. <clears throat> I think it's almost like a safety blanket at this point right. in time. People know that if if they need to get that information, they can, even though they might not avail themselves of it on a regular basis. You know, there's there's thousands and thousands of weather radios out there that people have just when there's a storm, and those weather radios get their information over an AM band. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that the auto industry is claiming is that because of the uh, the electrical emissions from electrical vehicles, it causes interference over over AM radios, and they don't want a negative experience for their users. That are listening to AM radio? That, 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 <laughs> like, I don't, that Venn diagram is pretty small. That, that, that's, that's a very good point, is that the fact that they've got people that are listening to AM radios, you're clearly not looking for a high-fidelity signal to begin with. Yeah, I, I don't think, like I said, the Venn diagram of electric car users and AM radio listeners, are <laughs> that in-between is, I would argue, probably non-existent. <laughs> and and I, would, I would tend to agree with that as well. So, and that's why I say I think their, their, their motivation for it is to save money, but I can't imagine that putting an AM-capable radio in an electric vehicle is the cost Center. Well, it's also probably because they want to have a deal with satellite radio companies because most times when you buy a car now, you it's got Sirius built into it, Sirius XM. Well, yeah, but my vehicle has Sirius built into it. They didn't have to not have AM on it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I don't know why they wouldn't do it. it. Maybe if it's a – there's no. I don't think it's an electrical interference problem. I just don't buy that. I don't either. And I it, that's almost like one of those things where they don't want you to use your cell phone on an airplane right. because it interferes with telemetry. And it's like, yes, if under certain circumstances there's a one in a million chance that it interferes with it, you probably don't want that chance happening on a plane. I can't imagine there being anything detrimental about an AM radio that's just receiving, not transmitting. Right. On a – on an electric vehicle. Yeah, and like I have a AM radio transmitter hooked up to my stereo or a receiver hooked up to my stereo and it's just like a square piece of plastic with wire wrapped around it. That's all you need to get AM right. signal. It's not like you need a full stereo or radio head to get it. Right. You just need some wire <laughs> that you well, stick out. And it's funny you mention that because during that 9-11 situation, the radio that we had was was not getting a very good signal. So we actually took a piece of coax, yep. stripped all the shielding off of it, and just turned that into a bigger antenna and got a clearer signal. Yeah, and like that's one of the reasons I love radio so much. Not just AM. I don't really love AM that much. But FM, radio in general, the concept of radio. 
it's so accessible and I've always equated it to like sticking your hand in a river. Like the radio is always there and yeah. there's so many ways to access it. And you, you know, you could have a big boom box that you tune your favorite station to, but you can also have something in the palm of your hand that can do the same thing. And I just think like, you don't really get that with any other medium. Um, not to mention it's very like personable. Like when, when you're listening to a DJ, it's, it feels like it's just you and them having a conversation and you don't get that with TV or movies. Sure. Um, and I think AM does have that, and that's another reason why talk is so successful on AM when it is, is because it you can access it in a variety of ways that are pretty easy, and you don't have to pay to listen to the radio. Like, you, you, you don't have to pay a subscription fee. You can just have a wire and stick it up in the air and have some sort of output, and you, you're, you're listening. There's no barrier to entry, and I just... That's one of the reasons I love it so much. It's just, it's so accessible no matter, you know, where you are in life. I just think it's great. Well, and it's funny because there's been a push by politicians to declare Internet as a public utility. Everyone needs to have Internet. And I don't want to argue with that. I mean, that's our medium of choice sure. for the podcast. And I think everyone should have it. But if everyone should have the Internet as a public service – Everyone should have AM. Mm-hmm. AM already exists. Why would you take it away? And it's much easier to give everybody access to AM than it is internet. Absolutely. Because in the further, the less populated areas you get, it's way harder to get that internet working. I have a, I have a friend of mine who lives in Maine, and his two choices for internet were Spectrum or like satellite internet, which is way worse. Right. And the delay in that is insane. And this is in 2023, and he's not even in like a rural area. It's just in Maine. <laughs> like yeah. there's still parts of the country where you're not getting 5G you know, upload speeds and things like that. And, you know, that's going to be a problem for many more years to come. They're not going to have that ironed out. Certainly not in a way that it works as reliably as AM does now. Well, and that's sort of what the the auto industry is kind of counting on is people using, getting this information over the internet. And the problem with the model of the internet is it's cost-centric to the consumer, mm-hmm. where if you want the internet, you have to pay for it in some form, either through taxes, through direct subscriptions or whatever, whereas AM is producer-centric. So if someone wants to produce content and put it out on on radio, they have to fund it. Mm-hmm. They fund it through viewer through, through listenership and through through advertising. advertising. But there's no cost, like you said, to the consumer at that point in time. So it makes it accessible to low-income people, to yep. seniors, to everybody out there. Who, who doesn't have unlimited income and, and free disposable income. And going back to that accessibility thing, it's pretty easy to understand. It's a dial. Sure. You flip <laughs> it on and you, you turn it to where you want to listen to something. Yeah, and it, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any other, like, medium of communication that's like it. And I think that's a reason it's still around. You know, it, it's people say the radio industry is dying. And I don't think it's dying. I think it's just changing. I think it's evolving. But I think the core technology of how FM and AM transmission works, I think there's always going to be a place for that as long as, you know, broadcasting towers still exist. Well, the, the fact that you have podcasts that have become so popular tells me that the, the, the uh, content that comes over AM is still popular. The media may be changing. Right. But that content is still deliverable. It's ease of use. It's low cost. And it's accessible to everybody. It makes a lot of sense to keep it around for, for people who aren't high tech and have disposable income to pay for the content that they're looking for. There's Sure, there's a market for all the other stuff, and there's nothing to take away from that. But AM still serves a huge portion of the, of the public, and, and I think it's probably worthwhile to keep it around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on that note, I think we're going to take our first break and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about why AM is so important. We'll be right back. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Civ Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events 
such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Insights Into Tomorrow. Today we're talking about AM radio and the value uh, of it in today's modern world. So in this segment, we're going to talk about why AM radio is so important. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, I am a producer at an AM radio station, so you can take that however you want. Uh, they're not paying me to say this, though. They're barely paying me to work. So... Um, <laughs> Some members of the right-leaning media, such as Sean Hannity, suggest the phasing out of AM could be a conspiracy to silence conservative voices. And boy, does that sound like a narrative we've heard before. <laughs> Many right-leaning talk shows that are the key to the Republican base live on AM. That's very, very true. Uh, a lot of the shows that I run are like that. Uh, and it is... They are just more popular than a lot of the other shows we get because they, they, they have that built-in audience, essentially. <laughs> Why would <laughs> we have a note in here about Elon Musk? <laughs> uh, isn't Elon Musk emerging as a leader of the right? Why would Tesla be participating in this conspiracy? That's a good point. Uh, Elon uh, clearly is on the right side when it comes to the political spectrum. Uh, going back to the EV vehicles wanting to get rid of AM radio, why would he be doing that if it's a constant echo chamber for right leaning ideas? I don't know. That's a good question. Do you have any thoughts on that? I don't. And that's it makes me go back to the thought that it's a cost savings thing, but I don't know how you're saving money on it by getting rid of it. What other motivation would he have other than making sure that other medium, you know, he owns Twitter too. So maybe it's a way of trying to make sure that the mediums that he favors more are at the forefront, you know, removing and I don't want to get into conspiracy theories here, but one of the things that that right-leaning side of, of the country seems to think is that if they eliminate options for people and the only options that you have left to adopt are the options that they want you to adopt, then you obviously wind up following their, their doctor, indoctrination. Right. Is this a, a factor of that? I, I doubt it. I, I think that's kind of a stretch, but... I think it's more of a technology thing. Like I don't even know what kind of radio a Tesla has at this point in time because it's a com it's a computer interface that it has. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, but I could see Elon being more of the mind of you know. There's a ton of of right wing stuff on like YouTube and and their own sites that are getting plenty of traffic. And I could see Elon being completely fine with just moving past AM entirely to focus more on that digital side of things. You know, guys like. Like, I'm not even going to mention their names, but you know who they are, the guys that are, you know, on that side of the spectrum that are online doing their shows. They don't need, they're basically doing an AM talk radio show just on the internet, and they're getting way more eyes on than they would ever get on AM. So I could see Elon just being of the mindset that AM is dead and we'll just, we'll just move on from it. Well, and let's be honest, the format that we do on this show here is, is very well suited, with the exception of the video, obviously, but it's very well suited to being on an AM yep. radio station. Um, which is why I say, like, our the most popular podcasts that are out there today are really an AM podcast. They're an AM talk show that happens to be on the internet. So there isn't a lack of demand for what AM offers from a format standpoint. Is it just a technology thing? I mean, yeah. It, once again, we go back to this issue of technology. Jordan Walton, executive director of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, tells us, Due to the nature of the sound, AM lends itself to the spoken word, which is why the talk shows gravitate toward it, which is true. When I'm producing shows, we are very aware that we are spoken word when it comes to things like compression rate and what we're uploading our shows at. It really doesn't matter that much because when it comes when it's processed through the transmitter, it's going to sound like it sounds on AM no matter what we do to it. <laughs> Hundreds of foreign language stations on the platform serve marginalized communities, uh, which is also very true. I run a lot of shows dealing with um, Eastern European communities in, in the area, um, Ukrainian people, Polish people. Um, and that was a aspect of the radio industry that I had no idea about before I started this job. And it's really opened my eyes to it, how important it is to these communities to have that access. I mean, holding full-on religious services that through the AM, AM dial that they might not be able to get to otherwise – um, it's a big deal, and it's in those communities. It is still very uh, active. 
Uh, and of course, nearly 47 million Americans listen to AM, which is a lot of people. And if that just happened to go away, that's 47 million people that just lose access to that, that platform. Yeah. And, and I go back to when I was a kid, you know, my grandmother lived with us. She, she was from, as my mother used to term it, the old country. She was from (laughs) Lithuania and she didn't speak English very well. Didn't understand English very well. So she was very self-conscious going out in public because she couldn't communicate. There happened to be at the time a, a radio station, a local AM radio station that she would listen to that was done. I don't know if it was done in Lithuania, but it was done in a language that she understood. Mm-hmm. And that was like her connection to the outside world. She would get religious services through it. She would get news through it. It was it was a friendly voice that she didn't hear unless she was talking to members of her own community. And that that level of cultural sensitivity, I think, is very important to maintain for those marginalized people. Absolutely. I mean, some of the shows that we run are entirely in other languages, entirely in Polish or entirely in Ukrainian. And, you know, I don't speak those languages, but somebody's listening because otherwise they wouldn't be on the air. <laughs> right. So and as with everything, cost is still a factor. You know, as a platform, AM's comparatively inexpensive certainly to to produce and, and create content for. Uh, AM's also the great equalizer across drastically divergent economic situations. From a millionaire to a Porsche, uh, to a, from a millionaire in a Porsche to a homeless person with a battery radio, anyone can tune in is the quote that I found. And that's kind of what I talked about earlier, the accessibility of it. it there's no subscription fee. As long as you have a way to receive the transmission, because uh, they're all around you, you know, you can't see them, obviously, but, you know, FM signals and AM signals are all around you. As long as you've got you a way to... You can't see them, I can see them. <laughs> I think you got to see a doctor. <laughs> um, as long as you've got a way to receive that, you can access it, and I think that I think that's a wonderful thing. You're absolutely right. And, again, talking about your, your friend who's in Maine and, and other people, you know, you've got farmers and seniors and immigrants who all rely on it because it's a cheap cost of entry into to getting into these areas, these these discussions. Uh, you don't need any high-tech gear. You don't need any advanced knowledge of computers. You literally flip a button, turn it on, turn the knob to where you want to go, and it's there. So it, that accessibility makes it appealing to a lot of people. Probably the most significant reason AM is important, again, we touched on earlier, is a means of emergency communication. Severe weather alerts, amber alerts, and other emergency broadcasts all go out over AM frequencies. Now, A lot of those you can get over your cell phone now, too. But in times of emergencies, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, the technology required to make the Internet work. And, and, you know, full disclosure, I think everyone knows by now, I work in technology. I work with the Internet. The fact that it works as well as it does is a miracle. (laughs) There are so many points of failure that can stop the internet from working, especially when you're talking about cell signals, that in in times of a natural disaster, it's the first, literally the first thing to go down. Mm. FEMA has spent decades building out its integrated public alert warning system, or its IPAWS system, using somewhere in the range of 77 primary emergency alerting stations around the country that are AM-based stations. So you've got a huge infrastructure for emergency broadcasting that's already been invested by the country to, to build this out, and it works. That's, I think that's my biggest catch is there's no reason not to use it. It's not like it's failing. It's not like our, our crumbling road infrastructure where bridges are falling, literally falling down with, within driving distance of us here. This works. The technology is sufficient enough to do the job that it's doing, and there's no reason not to use it. The stations brought vital information, warnings, and comfort during tragedies like hurricanes and earthquakes, and again, in the wake of of 9-11. So I can't think of a compelling reason for AM to go away. The fact that it's an old technology shouldn't be a reason. The wheel is an old technology, and that's not going away because it's thousands of years old, right? Yeah, I, I don't really see why you'd get rid of it. I mean, it, it still works. It's worked essentially the same way for like 100 years at this point. Um, I forget when it was invented. I think in the early 1900s. But like it still works, especially when it comes to things like this. Why would you get rid of it? And what is the alternative? 
really like is there a plan from these automakers for i guess they don't really it's not in their it's not their problem if am radios are done away with what the alternative would be for these kind of emergency broadcasts no it's not and their 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 solution to this is use a use an app and i'm sorry but there isn't an app for the emergency broadcasting system there isn't an app that works when the internet goes down or your cellular connection goes down the technology of the internet and it's ironic because when the internet, when the concept of the internet came out after Sputnik launched, the idea was to move away from circuit-switched telephone networks that could be taken out in a nuclear strike to a packet-switched network, which can route around outages on the network. So the whole premise of the internet was to have a redundant system of communication that didn't go down during emergencies. And the first thing that goes down in times of emergencies <laughs> is your local internet connection. Mm-hmm. Like it happens every time. You know, we have we have gusty storms here and our cable internet goes out or the power goes out. And it's like there's so many things that an internet connection is dependent on that if any one of those goes down, whether it's your power at your house, your router, the wire to your house, the wire on the street, the wire back to the central office. There's so many things that could go out that would take down your internet. And if you think about the technology for AM, what do you have? You have the radio station and their antenna. Mm -hmm. They're the only two things that you need. And you could set up a portable AM radio broadcasting station within an hour of a natural disaster. Mm Mm-hmm. So the level of redundancy isn't anywhere near where it is with AM. Yeah, just a, like a personal anecdote. I remember there was one time when I was younger, we got stuck in traffic somewhere. It was like standstill traffic. And the first thing you did was tune to AM. That was the New Jersey Turnpike, or the Pennsylvania Turnpike coming back from Hershey. Yep. And the first thing you do was you tune to uh, one of our local AM stations to get the traffic. And they did traffic and weather like every 20 minutes, maybe less than that every 15 minutes. But that was the first thing it did because it was reliable and we might not at the time had, you know, as up-to-date, you know, Google Maps as we do now, but it was a way that you knew that you could count on to get that information pretty much immediately and effectively, and it worked and it, yeah. without, you know, without any kind of issue. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's a huge danger of, of AM going away. Uh, what concerns me more is the fact that you have manufacturers that are marginalizing it now. It's... It's one thing to lose market share to a superior technology when the product that you're trying to consume, like music, relies on that superior technology. If you listen to a, a, a radio, the same song on AM and on FM, you can hear the difference. Mm-hmm. Losing market share to that is understandable because you're getting a higher quality product. Right. Losing market share just because some auto manufacturer decides that they don't want to put a radio in your car anymore, that's pretty arbitrary at that point in time. You're taking the, the choice out of the hands of the consumer at that point. Yeah, and again, we've, we've hit this a bunch, but like it doesn't cost that much. It can't cost that much. I have an FM and AM receiver hooked up to my stereo, and it's just two wires. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't understand like what the argument – it's not like it's, it's costing hundreds of thousands of dollars to install these devices in cars. It can't cost – that much, you know, and it's it's just like why get rid of it? It doesn't. I don't understand it. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, we're going to take another break here, and we come back. We're going to talk about how it can be saved because we're not the only ones that think it should be. Uh, there are other people, um, fortunately, in positions of power who think it should be saved. We'll be back in a minute. Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Our husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. We'll look at the interesting and obscure entertainment news of the week. We'll talk about theme park and pop culture news. We'll give you the latest and greatest on pop culture conventions. We'll give you a deep dive into Disney, Star Wars, and much more. Check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things. Our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com. 
Welcome back to Insights into Tomorrow. We're talking about AM radio and people fighting to get rid of it. Well, back in 2013, Ajit Pai of the FCC saw the problem looming and embarked on a personal quest to save it. After a little more than a year in the job, he urged the FCC to undertake an overhaul of the AM radio, which he called the audible core of our national culture. He sees AM as vital in emergencies and in rural areas. He goes on to say AM radio is localism. It's community. Uh, AM, AM's longer wavelength means that it can be heard at far greater distances. And so, and try that again. <laughs> AM's longer wavelength means it can be heard at far greater distances and so increases. He said AM radio is also going is always going to be there. Uh, for example, he cited Fort Yukon, Alaska, where the AM station KZPA broadcast inquiries about missing hunters and transmits flood alerts during the annual spring ice breakup. I can't imagine there being an app for that that's reliable out in Fort Yukon, Alaska. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about this, that you know, the chairman of the FCC is fighting for this? Yeah, I mean, that's good. Uh, it's good that someone is. Um, you know, Ajit Pai is a questionable guy in most aspects of what he does uh, politically, but this seems like something that is a positive thing that he's doing. You know, it's it's good that he is sticking up for it, and, you know, we'll see, how, you know, if that continues and, and what that his support would actually mean in terms of keeping AM radio around. Um, but, you know, having the head of the FCC... I don't think he's the head of the FCC. Not anymore, no. When he was, you know, still having him advocate for that. But, you know, it's good It's good to know that there are people higher up that are fighting for it um, for whatever reason. You know, it's better to have it than not have it at all. What about Congress? What's Congress doing for us? So they are trying to uh, save AM radio as well with automakers threatening to pull the pug plug. A backlash by station owners, listeners, and legislators prompted Ford to announce it was reversing course on its previous announcement to stop installing AM radios in its cars. Uh, but with Tesla and the EV manufacturers announcing their intentions to phase out the technology, a congressional subcommittee was debating the merits of proposed legislation to make AM receivers standard equipment on new vehicles. Uh, so they just were talking about it, I guess. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> that's, I think that's what politicians normally do. <laughs> Removing AM radios from cars could dramatically reduce the audience, with 70, 74% of AM listening happening in the car, according to Nielsen. Uh, automakers cite audio interference. We covered a little bit of this. With electrical motors and the ability to stream stations as justification for phasing out the AM radios, which we already said the market for AM listeners and EV users is probably really small. <laughs> Uh, the Communications and Technology Subcommittee of the Energy and Commerce Committee, the ECC, heard nearly three hours of testimony as to why AM should be saved. That must have been a long three hours. <laughs> I'll bet that was a real uh, <laughs> snore fest. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this earlier, but the AM radio for every vehicle act would require, quote, dashboard access to any AM broadcast stations in a, quote, manner that is conspicuous to a driver. Uh, the primary rationale is AM radio's integral role and alerting the public of emergencies situations as part of a national network. So again, it goes back to this thing of if it's not broke, why do we get rid of it? And if it's something that we could use in an emergency where we can't really count on anything else, why get rid of it? And I think that's really what it comes down to. Even if, you know, getting rid of the the entertainment side of it, the talk radio side of it, at the end of the day, it is a utility, right? That it is used for emergency purposes. And it, it would be like getting rid of emergency alert systems in general. Something on that scale, like these are important for in times of crisis and it's something that is a reliable way to make sure that people get the information they need to know to stay safe. Why would we get rid of that? I agree. And, and the subcommittee even goes on to talk about what we had discussed earlier, that there's a lot of programming on AM radio that'll have no place to go if AM dies at quicker than natural death. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's assuming that, you know, there is a natural death in the future for AM to begin with. But Tesla hasn't been including AM radios in their vehicles for years. I didn't know that. And now a number of other uh, manufacturers are kind of following suit there. They claim the electromagnetic interference from batteries generates an audible high-frequency hum for AM broadcast signals. What doesn't generate <laughs> an audible high-frequency hum on AM? Everything does. Yep. But it's been around for over 120 years now. Everyone's gotten used to it at this point in time. Right. It's literally... 
you know, microwave background radiation from the cosmos generates <laughs> it, okay? I don't think your car is going to overpower that. Yeah. You know, but when Ford announced that they would stop putting AM radios in, somebody finally perked up and took notice. Ford CEO Jim Farley said after speaking with policy leaders about the importance of AM broadcast radio as part of the emergency alert system, we've decided to include it in all of 2024 Ford and Lincoln vehicles. It's a great quote. Like, ah, we sorry, we forgot about the emergency <laughs> alert system part. I, I guess we'll put them in. <laughs> yeah, you know, at least they realized it. Um, but the longer term future for am kind of kind of is up in the air there still they're only doing it in their 2024 line you know clearly that's not a long-term plan of theirs so we need more yeah so what more do we have a petition there's always a, there's a petition out there for everything right they always work so change.org save am radio a part of the emergency alert system petition has been put up uh, by WABC Radio, actually. Like the ABC? Yeah. Oh, how yeah. about that? Yeah, as if they had some kind of stake in a race or something <laughs> here. You know? uh, again, they're pushing the fact that for emergency purposes, because, you know, we're getting more and more weather events, yep. which means there's more and more need for this. This, again, is it profit for them that they're pushing this to, to keep it around because they make money off of AM? I've, I've been trying to find a way to articulate this, but I really do think it goes back to the issue of satellite radio, right? Because I think I think they probably see AM as not profitable and not worth having in the car. I don't think they really consider the emergency alert aspect of it. Uh, but I think if you, if they have a partnership with Sirius where Sirius pays them and they pay Sirius to have Sirius XM in the car when you buy it, I think that that is, you know... I think there's something to be said there of, of why they're pushing to get rid of AM so hard. FM is going to be a tougher sell because people do still pretty regularly listen to FM radio. But I think it starts by getting rid of AM. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. But I don't know if satellite radio is a replacement for AM. Well, not in, like in a realistic sense, but I think in terms of a profit, profitability sense for them, for the manufacturer. From, from that standpoint, yeah, but from an emergency alert oh, yeah, system no. itself... I don't think it's reliable enough for that. No, no, no. Not to mention you have to pay a subscription for it. So, well, but and that's the thing. Like, what what someone like XM could do would be to provide a channel that anyone can access yeah. for emergency reasons. Yep. The problem that you have with that is your emergency broadcast system is is regionalized. Mm -hmm. So, if you're going to have a single channel for emergency broadcast. You know, Fort Yukon, Alaska is going to be sending me updates of hunters that are missing and breaking up with their ice cap, and it's not going to be relevant to me. Yeah, not to mention, I don't know how you would access that without having, like, Sirius installed in your car. And that's the thing. Standard radios can't receive it, whereas right. literally any standard AM radio can receive an AM broadcast. Right. You can get add-ons, you know, that will do... You can get an AM or a uh, XM tuner that then broadcasts an FM signal that you can pick up, which is what a lot of people did for um, uh, satellite radio when, when it first came out. Mm. But again, it's, it's ease of use. It's, that's not available to everybody. So I don't think it's probably the best way to go about it either. Yep. I don't know. Well, I guess time will tell where we are with it, but we're going to take a, a, another break here and come back. We're going to talk about why AM is fading and, and some detailed information on that. We'll be right back. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. 
catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. So is AM listener, is AM radio dying? Well, AM listenership has been in decline for years now. It's been losing ground to cleaner sounds of FM radio and more recently satellite radio and digital media like podcasts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, Make I sure to like I, and subscribe on YouTube. Everybody. <laughs> I guess that makes us part of the problem. <laughs> uh, but there's over 4,500 AM radio stations nationwide and about 82 million listeners each month. Uh, about a third of the audiences for terrestrial radio, according to Nielsen. I didn't realize it was that large. I mean, that's a pretty significant amount, um, especially when you start talking about advertising revenue. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how that maps out on a region, like on a map, you know, like where a lot of these people are concentrated in, if it is more rural areas or if it's more spread out. Uh, if I had to wager, I'd say it's probably more like open areas where it's, you know, more popular because it's, a reliable form that you can always access. Well, the, the research that I did says in Chicago, AM listeners represent 48% of the total monthly radio audience. Uh, I'm just skimming here. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's a lot of numbers. <laughs> I, I love stats, but I don't like picking up numbers. <laughs> uh, it's tied to Milwaukee and second only to Buffalo at 56%. So you're talking big city areas here where you got a lot of, of, of listeners. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, these are coming from Nielsen ratings here. Once towering top 40 stations like WLSAM 890. I feel like I should be doing it in some hey, my, everybody. my radio announcer voice. WLSAM 890. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they switched to the talk format more than three decades ago and currently ranks 23rd in Chicago with a 1.7 share. No, I don't know what Nielsen ratings are. Does does 1.7 mean anything to you? I have no idea. Share of the market, probably, if I had to guess. Okay. But, you know, a little bit closer to home, you have Philadelphia-based uh, Odyssey, uh, which owns two of the top-rated AM stations in Chicago. Um, they talked to, the article I read talked to uh, Craig Schwab, uh, an Illinois native and veteran radio news executive who took the reins at WBBAM in January. Uh, he spent most of his career in AM radio, which, you know, near and dear to your heart, I suppose. Yeah, it was probably a little bit more popular when he started, though. <laughs> uh, he declined to break down the AM-FM audience that split up the station but said the reach of AM signal is crucial for a news station, especially in emergencies. He goes on to say, I've covered a bunch of hurricanes in my time. I don't know how many hurricanes in Chicago you cover, but okay. <laughs> More than you think. <laughs> uh, in different radio markets, sorry. Okay, he says in different radio markets. It's the Windy City. So. <laughs> he says, I'll tell you that when electricity goes down and cell towers are out and all kinds of things aren't possible, Televisions not accessible, cell phone signals and batteries die. AM radio is there. And it, it is. It's like a safety blanket. Mm -hmm. A really uncomfortable, scratchy safety blanket. <laughs> like the one you leave in your car if you get stuck on the side of the road. It keeps you alive, though, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah. going to sleep with it normally, <laughs> but, you know, it gets the job done. And I think that's really what it's like is, you know, that's kind of the gist of it. So given your experience with being a AM producer. I want to throw a couple of questions at you in the last few minutes of, of the show here and, and do a little question and answer session. So the first question I had for you is, should AM be kept alive? And if so, why? You know, they taught me, I was going to say, they taught me in journalism school not to ask yes or no questions. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it, it, it should be, uh, not just because I'd be out of a job, but because you know, when it comes down to it, you know, like I said before, throwing all the talk, all the entertainment stuff out the window when it comes to AM, I think it fundamentally is most important for its emergency broadcast capability. And if you were to get rid of that, I don't know how you would replace that. Like we talked about, internet is not reliable. Television is not reliable. Not as reliable as AM. And if it's not there, how are those messages going to get out at the end of the day? I think it would it would be a public security risk, honestly. And and I think that's a fair point. And it kind of leads me into the next question here is, 
should government intervene in keeping AM radio alive for that very reason? Now, there's, I'm a, I'm not an advocate on government intervention. I think every time mm -hmm. the government gets involved in something, it's more likely to get screwed up and cost me more money than it is to fix anything. But because of that public safety aspect of it, is this a government problem? Should the government be doing something to make sure this doesn't go away? I think that's a slippery slope, honestly. You know, when you've got government, if they're going to intervene with car manufacturers, I, I think that could go, I think it could send a bad message and it could set a dangerous precedent for what government could do in the future. If they're going to intervene with something like this, where could they intervene in the future? However, I mean, something's got to be done, right? If Tesla doesn't even have AM now. So if you're in a Tesla, how are you going to get that transmission? Uh, they can't send every American a, a little tiny hand crank AM radio. <laughs> you know, I think that would, I don't know. I think you can afford it. <laughs> I think in an instance like this, yeah, whether it's whether it's directly intervening with the auto manufacturers or whether it's finding some other way to get these transmissions out reliably, I think that, you know, they've got to do something. Well, and that's really the, the kind of the ultimate follow-up question is what can government do? Can government – should government regulate what auto manufacturers can do? Should they subsidize? If, if it's a cost issue, should the government subsidize the cost of AM radios? Or should the government mandate we not buy these cars? Like, like what else can the government do other than either legislate the car industry or regulate the car industry or subsidize it? Yeah, I, I, I really have no idea. I mean, it would have to be, again, there's always the thing of finding an alternative way to get these messages out, but I don't know what that, what that, what that would be. Large, like, speakers all around the country that would broadcast the, the, uh, these signals if something happened? I have no idea. You know, it, it, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough question to answer. So, so you know, that's, I think that is the, another alternative is the government can find another medium for it for, for, for emergency broadcasts. So the next question I have is kind of a personal question to you is, do you listen to AM radio in your car and why or why not? Uh, I do sometimes. I think I want to hear what's going on at my job just for fun because uh, we mess stuff up all the time. So it's nice to hear if I know who's working, if I know who's messing stuff up. But uh, otherwise, no, I just the sound quality is just it's too big of a hurdle for me to go over. I've been listening to FM radio my whole life. Um, so it's really that it comes down to an issue of quality. I just can't get past it. And I'll be honest with you, I don't. I used to listen to AM radio. I used to listen to sports talk radio mm -hmm. all the time. There's a local station here, 610, that I used to yeah, listen to. Yeah, that closed down. I work for some of those people now. And, but the, the majority of that type of discussion has moved into the FM yep. frequencies now. So I don't listen to sports radio anymore. But if I did, I'd be listening to it on FM. And, and I think that's kind of a natural migration of of the mediums themselves there's no reason for them to be on fm other than quality maybe yeah. maybe more accessibility maybe i don't know did they move from am to fm because they saw this happening and they realized that it was it was time to move well like most things in life it's also a question of money right you have a way bigger advertising market when it comes to fm than you do am so these shows, when they move to FM, they can they can sell more ads, they can have more listeners, and that cycle can continue on a bigger scale than when they were on AM. That's a very good point. So so kind of back to the issue at hand here, will not having AM radios in cars kill the medium of AM radio? Well, it certainly wouldn't help. Uh, <laughs> we, we had the stat a while ago in the show notes, and I can't find it, but it was like some, more than 50% of listening for AM is in the car. So if that's taken away, where else are people going to listen? Um, I think just from those numbers alone, if you're losing more than half your listening audience, yeah, that's going to be tough to come back from. Uh, and, you know, asking people to either stream it online, which we do offer, which alleviates the quality problem, by the way. Um, but then you run into the issue of having internet instead of just having a radio. Uh, I think it would. Yeah, I really do. I think losing that, that, that large of a chunk of your listener would be, listener base would be tough to come back from. Well, if we're talking about AM, keeping AM around just for the sake of it being an emergency service, do you need listenership when you don't have an emergency, though? I mean, you got to keep the lights on, right? I mean, these things, unless you're being funded but directly by the government, you got to keep That's the lights on. That's that subsidy I was talking about yeah. where the government's going to basically pay for the service. I think that'd be the only way around it. Okay. And the last question that I had, and we can kind of wrap things up, what is the future of AM radio if it can be saved today? Is there a long-term future, short-term? Is it relegated to emergencies? 
is there still a consumer grade version of AM 20 years from now? 20 years from now? I don't know. I think by then it might move more to podcasting. I think if any, if it's going to stick around, it's going to, in 20 years, it would probably be more for just emergency purposes. You know, I could, especially during COVID, a lot of stuff got cut around here. A lot of stations closed down because the small listener base they already had got even smaller um, because there was a lot more limiting of what we could do because everything was shut down. Um, so yeah, I think in 20 years, it'd probably be more something akin to purely for emergency purposes. Well, and I have to say from a, from a strictly podcasting standpoint, one of the biggest advantages of podcasting is literally, if you, if you don't care too much about quality and production quality, literally anybody can podcast. And I know AM has a low barrier of cost of entry to get into, but it's not free and podcasting's not free either but you could generate a podcast on your phone if you wanted to yeah so it's a lot easier for people to produce content from that and then publish it somewhere on free sites again it's you're talking about a different audience and a different barrier to entry for your consumers for it but as a as a podcaster well <laughs> I can't say it's cheap to podcast because the level that we podcast on is very expensive. But for someone who just wants to create an audio podcast and doesn't want to go crazy with mixers and mics mm -hmm. and all that stuff, you can do it for next to nothing. Yep. You know, you can produce content on the internet for next to nothing. Can AM radio claim the same thing? Like what's, what's your cost to, for someone, if they want to produce this type of show, just audio on AM what would something like this cost, roughly? Well, I mean, it would it would be dependent because, you know, how we do things is people pay us to be on the air. So we basically facilitate, we give them the studio, and then they buy the time to talk. Um, so, you know, I mean, it would be – what we've got is on the level of this, minus the – we don't have any video components. But in terms of the audio quality, we have the same, if not slightly better – audio equipment there. Um, and a lot of it is the built-in audience you're getting by ha by being – on the AM station, You're, you've already got our built-in listener base. Now, is that it de would depend on what your product is, what your podcast is about, if that listener base is going to listen to that. Um, so I think that's, you know, you'd have to probably look at your market and your demographics from that. Um, but that's really what it is, is getting that built-in audience, being getting that guaranteed transmission from the same time every week or whenever you would want it. Uh, and I think that's the biggest selling point. And, you know, we go back to the reliability of AM um, and the accessibility of it. If you're if you're broadcasting on AM, people might have an easier way of accessing your content that might not be familiar with how to access things on the internet or how to access things, um, you know, on YouTube or things like that. Okay, I think that's a fair point. So there's there's certain trade-offs. It's not a one-to-one -one yeah comparison between the two. Okay, I mean, I I, I think we've kind of uh, drawn this out to a kind of a conclusion of yeah. wait and see at this point. You know, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but the future isn't bright for it. No, I would not. No, I would say it was, it's not bright. No. Um, so <laughs> appreciate the AM radio that you have now, I guess. Cherish it. Yes. And, you know, mail them money. I don't know. <laughs> Just envelopes full of cash. <laughs> Buckets and buckets. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's all we have for today. Before we did go, I want to take a, an opportunity once again to invite folks to subscribe to the audio and video versions of the podcast. You can find audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Tomorrow. Both audio and video can be found listed as Insights into Things. We are on anywhere you can get a podcast, Pandora, Amazon, TuneIn, um, one thing I would ask, though, that we haven't been pushing for is if you can, give us a rating. Give us a thumbs up. You know, give us a review if you want. Let people know what kind of uh, program we produce here, what kind of quality we have. Uh, I'd even take constructive feedback, constructive criticism if, if there's things that we can do better. We're always looking to improve things. Uh, you can write us that directly to us. You can email us at comments and insights into things .com. You can hit us on Twitter at Twitter. Uh, at uh, blah. Yeah, okay. Don't comment on that one, though. <laughs> you can hit us on Twitter at insights underscore things. Uh, you can find us on Twitch streaming five days a week at twitch.tv slash insights into things. Just a side note, if you do have an Amazon Prime subscription, you do get a free 
monthly Twitch Prime subscription. You can throw that our way. That would help us out a lot. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast or on Instagram at insights into things, or you can find all these links and more on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. And that's it. Another one in the books. Stay safe out there, everybody. Bye.